You're listening to the Zoomsphere podcast. Hi everybody, I hope you're well. I am your host Peter Rushgev and in this episode number 10 of the Zoomsphere podcast, we're talking to Julian Konturov, who is the interactive director of Next DC. Based in Sofia, Bulgaria, NextDC is one of the leading digital agencies on the Balkans that has been pushing the advertising industry forward by producing innovative and creative campaigns for international and local brands. I sat down with Julian as I wanted to find out more about what makes NextDC's digital campaign so special, as well as find out what is the best approach when trying to communicate with the audience of a specific brand. Furthermore, Julian told us more about real-time marketing, artificial intelligence, and we even touched upon the coronavirus issue. Before we begin, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform, as well as follow ZoomSphere across social media in order to stay up to date with all our latest episodes. Without any further delay, let's get to our interview with Julian. Julian, let's start with a little bit more about yourself and your background. Sure. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Julian Kontrov and I'm the Interactive Director of NextDC. Uh, we are an independent advertising agency based in Sofia, Bulgaria. And um, we've been going on for uh, almost 10 years now. Um, we're basically, our specialty is um, innovative projects in the digital sphere. And we try to stay at the forefront of uh, digital technologies and um, uh, current advertising trends as well. Um, before that, I uh, worked for two years in a digital agency in London, uh, where I also studied graphic design. So tell us a little bit more in depth about the services that you offer, as well as some of the clients that you work with. Okay, sure. Um, so in NextDC, we, we try to offer a wide spectrum of services uh, to cover our clients' every need, our, every need of our clients. Mm -hmm. um, but um, we specialize in digital and uh, basically that's, that's the thing that we, um, we do best. Mm -hmm. um, we work for um, lots of large clients uh, on the local market. For example, we work for Heineken, we work for uh, Jack Daniels in Finlandia, Vodka, mm -hmm. work for KFC. Nice. Uh, last year, we started uh, working as the digital agency of A1, which is one of the three uh, main uh, mobile carriers in Bulgaria. And we also are the full service agency of Renault, Nissan and Dacia uh, here in Bulgaria. Nice. So how, how big is your company? How many people do you have in-house? Uh, well, at the moment, we're, I think, a little bit more than 20 people mm -hmm. uh, separate in, in three departments. So we have the account team, which basically uh, work with, uh, basically, they are the project managers. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the creative team, which which consists of uh, copywriters, designers, mm -hmm. um, social media, content creators. Um, and we also have a development team as well. Okay, that's nice. So you do bespoke uh, stuff. Do you tend to work with uh, any freelancers at all? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, basically, we work with a lot of photographers, uh, filmmakers, um, and uh, depending on basically because we do a lot of interesting digital projects, uh, we kind of uh, we also work with other uh, other kinds of uh, specialists and experts in yeah. different areas, uh, depending on the, the specific project's needs. 
Okay, okay, that's uh, quite interesting. So what would you say, you've been with the company for quite some time, what would you say for uh, an agency like yours are biggest challenges in terms of getting new clients and really kind of making sure that you stay on top with, you know, the innovative work that you do? So I'd say one of the biggest challenges for uh, advertising agencies at the moment is um, coming up with original content. Mm -hmm. um, as you may know, everything is a remix nowadays. And as soon as you have a brilliant idea, it's copied almost as immediately as it got out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really difficult for uh, agencies to stand out with something of their own. Mm -hmm. A great example for this is real-time marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when um, your client comes to you for um, to service their social media accounts mm -hmm. and they ask you to uh, provoke a conversation with your users. Uh, so you have to uh, basically follow trends and events and react to them. Um, so as to engage your followers. As you may remember, uh, a couple of months ago, there was this uh, banana which was taped to the wall yeah. uh, which yeah. in a gallery which was sold for $120,000. Ridiculous amount, yeah. It was ridiculous. And then the very next day, you know, you know, I think a couple of fast food brands came up with posts with a, like a fry which was taped to the wall. Yeah. And then you saw all kinds of ridiculous objects also taped to a wall uh, on the different brands' social media accounts. Okay, that's quite interesting. So let's talk a little bit more about how do you uh, beat your competition? Because to my knowledge, you're, you're one of the very successful companies, uh, advertising agencies in general in Bulgaria. So how do you, for an example, tackle uh, the problem of working with a client that doesn't have a large marketing budget, but want to deliver the message to their uh, you know, clients and, and audience? Sure. Well, that's a, a very standard challenge, I would say. Uh, in theory, it's very simple. In practice, not so simple. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, the best way that I think for, for a company, for an agency to tackle this kind of challenge is to um, come up with something really clever and basically uh, get into people's conversations, get people sharing, get people talking. Uh, get into popular culture. Mm -hmm. um, so what uh, we would call this is basically earn free PR. Okay. So basically you don't actually have to uh, have a large media budget to get okay. your uh, idea or your concept or your, uh, your client's message out. Uh, instead, you uh, basically um, delivering it in a way that really resonates with people and mm -hmm. Uh, uh, makes them talk about it. Okay, that's quite interesting because in one of our recent episodes, um, we spoke with Catherine from Eden Spiekerman and she said she stressed on the importance of understanding your client's mission and, and being able to communicate their message you know, in an effective way. So with that in mind, tell us a little bit more about the process that you go through when you, when you have secured a new client and you have to find out more about what they do as well as what's the best way to, um, you know, to communicate their message. What is the steps mm -hmm. that you go through? Sure. Uh, well, um, I'd say there is like three very important steps here. Mm -hmm. Um, so the first one is uh, you really need to start off on the same page with your client. You know, you really need to understand their needs, understand their values, understand their goals. Uh, and um, once you have that, uh, you will be able to deliver an adequate and on-point concept. Uh, from then on, uh, the second part is uh, basically having a very honest uh, and constructive conversation with your client. Um, and, uh, you know, having ha um, taking in mind their feedback and also uh, uh, if you need to, um, edu to, to educate them, you know, 
Uh, some clients really do need to be shown some examples and references of things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there is also another bit which is very important, and that's to be open to be educated yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, you know, if your client is a car manufacturer uh, and you are you work in an advertising agency, you probably aren't the best car salesman out there. You know, you really need to... Uh, listen to your client and basically um, you really need to listen to your client yeah. and translate what you what your idea is so with that in mind have you had any problems where you have an idea and you have a really amazing plan but your client is a little bit more conservative and they're like oh we're not so sure about this so have you had this challenge yes we we have had that challenge and that's i think a very very common challenge um you know uh the bulgarian market is uh like very much more aggressive than Western markets. It's much more sales focused and clients really um, are really drawn to more generic and sales focused uh, approaches to selling their products. Um, So it's really difficult if you have a a creative idea to communicate it in a a way to to really sell it to the client and make them believe in it. since you know it's unproven you know if it's something new and innovative it's really difficult for uh, for them to be um, to realize its potential okay that's great so uh, let's talk a little bit more about the trends that you have noticed within the past year for an example what have you seen from clients wanting more and and where have you seen the industry go into in order to reach you know its uh, kpis yeah sure basically clients are following trends as well you know uh, not only people in advertising follow trends um, they really know about new technologies um, and they really um, ask, uh, they really, we've had several of our clients ask us to tell them more and explain how those technologies work mm-hmm. and show them examples, how they can be beneficial to them and, uh, you know, show them case studies of uh, how, how they can use, uh, for example, artificial intelligence or augmented reality or virtual reality to do something, uh, something which relates to them and their own business. Um, by the way, there was a really, really cool uh, campaign, which um, it was a, a brand which does dog toys, okay. toys for dogs. And um, they created like a special uh, section on their website where uh, dogs can shop on their own, basically. Okay. So uh, basically, when you take your dog and you put it to your laptop screen using your webcam, yeah. uh, they, they created um, facial recognition and facial tracking technology for dogs, which allowed them to basically um, follow their reactions and using um, a a special way of presenting their products, which involved lots of colors and lots of movement, Mm -hmm. uh, they attracted the dog's attention and followed its reactions. So basically... Uh, the dogs could add to cart the products that they like on their own. Uh, I bet you that turns some heads. Yeah, and clients want to do that thing. Yeah, those yeah. things, you know, they really want to. They really want to know how they can do the, those kinds of things. Okay, that's very interesting. So tell us a little bit more then about some of the projects that you're currently working on, and you know, you are excited about. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, at the moment, um, we are working for. Um, so at the moment. Uh, so every year, uh, Heineken, which is our one of our biggest clients, and they've been with us since the start, almost ten years ago. Um, they they have a, a, a big project uh, for the UEFA Champions League. Okay. And um, even though I can't tell you much about this year's project, okay, uh, yeah. I can tell you about last year's. Sure. Yeah, uh, it was um, it was called the Focus, and uh, the global campaign for Heineken was. Um, 
it was called like the main message was don't even blink because you know even a, like a slight distraction could cause you to uh, miss a very important moment with the football game yeah. so uh, the star of the campaign was Andrea Pirlo who is a very famous Italian footballer who is uh, famed for his concentration during the game and what we did was uh, a web experience where you could uh, basically do a stare down with, with him. Uh, so we used facial tracking technology to um, detect if you're blinking mm -hmm. and um, uh, basically challenged our players to stare at Pirlo, as, stare at a looped video of Pirlo for as long <laughs> as they can, really. Um, was that the case where people actually won or? Well, yeah, I mean, people I mean, there wasn't really a winner in, in the sense of someone who beats him, but yeah. instead we had we ranked the first like the first 50 people who okay. managed to stare at him the longest, yeah. and they won a um, an exclusive uh, pass to a screening to the, of the final. Um, I'd also like to tell you about another one of our projects, sure, uh, which we did last year. Um, it's called the Scarf of Respect. And um, it was basically a response to the scandal which happened here in uh, Bulgaria during the Euro 2020 qualifiers mm -hmm. um, for between England and Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a, it was a huge racist scandal because of a uh, few local uh, supporters um, and really wanted to show that, uh, you know, the Bulgarian football isn't like that. And, you know, this is really just like an act of a few instead of the many. Mm -hmm. uh, so we really wanted to give uh, some kind of a tool to the other fans to show that they actually believe in a game which is equal for all. Um, so that's why we did uh, this. We created the Scarf of Respect, um, uh, which is a football scarf, mm -hmm. which has uh, two hands holding together and it says football for all. Uh, and it's really a way for, for them to, you know, uh, when when they hold it in the tribunes to like create a one connected line yeah. of hands holding each other. Um, I've seen this one also kind of being uh, noted by the uh, Football Association in the UK as well. I think it was very well accepted. Yes, we, we actually, that, that's one of the more exciting bits of the project. We actually managed to send uh, scarves to the players who were, who were uh, participating in the game as a way to say sorry. Nice. And to really, uh, you know, show that the Bulgarian Football Union, you know, is taking active steps to prevent this from happening, occurring again. Um, and it was really great because their chairman, Greg Clark, uh, actually uh, responded to us and said thanks for, for doing this. Yeah, that's really amazing. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Uh, perfect. So with that in mind, then, uh, Julian, uh, what do you expect to see from clients? And I'm only asking you this question because uh, in one of our previous episodes with HKI Paris, um, what uh, we received as feedback is that more and more companies are looking towards organizing big campaigns, for an example, an open square that invites a lot of people to participate in something rather than just go solely digital and, and do something. Have you seen this in recent years, this trend developing more of uh, actually having to have physical events as well as digital campaigns moving together in order to reach, uh, you know, a better result for uh, for the brand. Well, um, I think it's always better if if you have some kind of an event to support a digital activation because you know it really brings people together and. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's uh, much more um, memorable for, for uh, you know, a person to participate in something, you know. So it really traces back to the 40s. Um, there was this American expert in, on education whose name is Edgar Dale, mm -hmm. and he created the so-called cone of learning. And um, it basically um, showed off how um, 
the more you participate in a subject, the, the better you learn it. So, you know, when you start off, you know, you go to a lecture and you just listen, you know, you, you only remember 10% of the stuff that you hear. Um, but then if you actually, you know, uh, write it down in, in, a, in an essay, for example, mm -hmm. then you remember more. And then if you actually participate in some kind of a demonstration, you remember even more. And some people, you know, um, since it's edu education, you know, if you teach it, then you're the master of this. Uh, but then the point of this is uh, the more you participate and the more you participate in person, uh, the more you remember. So this applies to brands as well. Nevertheless, uh, you know, depending on client briefs, there are restrictions. So, you know, some, sometimes it might be more, more cost effective for you to do a digital only campaign and you might have a wider reach if you only connect to people through digital. Mm -hmm. uh, but then if you and your client, if the budget allows it, you know, if you can do something to actually engage people in person, that's great. Okay, that's amazing. So what do you expect to see from the industry in terms of trends in the next, uh, say, 12 months? Uh, the reason behind this question is because we've seen a lot of people that we have already spoken to uh, say how, how very much they'd like to see the influencer kind of marketing thing kind of go off because it's very arguable, you know, how these metrics are actually kind of beneficial, how true they are and all that. So with that in mind, do you see something that you would like to see more in the next 12 months in order for the industry to move forward? Well, you know, um, I don't know about influencers, you know, they're, um, they are a part of something big, you know, social media is something massive and there's so many different um, things happening in that industry. Um, but, you know, if, if you really, if you look at the larger picture, um, you know, everyday people find new ways to use, use their devices and, um, you know, streaming services, for example, change the way that we consume media mm -hmm. and then social networks and artificial intelligence change the way that we access information. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's really a lot more to think about, uh, you know, in the digital marketing landscape. Um, you know, it's really crucial for brands to be able to, uh, find ways to um, participate in all, all of those channels um, in a very natural way, you know, so it doesn't necessarily look like advertising, but it's really uh, brand participation, you know, um, you know, and all of that, all of that is surrounded in a very dramatic uh, political landscape, yeah, sure. you know, um, there's climate change, you know, brands have to think about sustainability. Um, and, you know, last year, this, at this time, or maybe even like a few months ago, uh, in the agencies, when we were talking about, uh, viral, we were talking about viral campaigns and now we have the coronavirus, which is like a real <laughs> viral thing, which is happening. So yeah, I'm personally really excited about all of those things and like what really the future holds. Okay, and one question which actually just popped into my mind uh, uh, listening to you answer this is you mentioned AI a few times and I, I feel like this is something that you probably personally are quite passionate about. Do you see more and more AI? I'm pretty sure the answer is yes, but do you see more and more AI making steps in within the advertising industry? So uh, you, you obviously have the strategy, but you also have that AI element which kind of helps you take your strategy somewhere where maybe you couldn't, you know, uh, oh, yeah, for sure, um, d definitely, and it and applies in a like a myriad of ways. Um, you know, starting off from um, a couple of years ago when uh, Publicis International they decided to uh, not participate in any advertising festivals, so that they can basically save a lot of money and invest it in. I think it, it was called Marcel. They're like 
uh, AI assistants, yeah. not not assistant, but like their um, company, um, a company technology which helps them to better yeah. uh, to better uh, determine a lot of a lot of things. Um, and also, you know, you go on to the different kinds of AI platforms. So, uh, you know, uh, natural language processing, for example, uh, devices can now understand what you're saying. And, you know, you have Alexa, you have yeah. uh, the Google Assistant, and that finds its way through all kind in all kinds of um, campaigns and it opens, opens up a lot of new possibilities to uh, interact with people, really. Um, more on a global scale really not not locally because in bulgaria you know it's it's a very big challenge there isn't really uh, an ai assistant which understands the bulgarian language yet. for example yet yeah <laughs> um but yeah that's that's a challenge for smaller markets um yeah and uh you know ai is uh, you can use it in so many ways you know you can use it to uh create campaigns to interact with users you know, even what we did was using AI for facial tracking. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a lot of different techno technologies under one label. So it really, really uh, depends how you use it. And there's a lot of things you can do with it. Okay, that's fantastic. So Julian, tell us a little bit more about where we can find more about NextDC and, and keep up to date with all the latest projects that you do. Sure. Uh, you can uh, check us out on next-dc.com. That's our website. And uh, we're in social media. And uh, yeah, we're also working on this year's uh, um, Melba Festival, which is happening in Sofia. It's an international uh, design festival. So if you're into traveling to Eastern Europe and you want to see some cool people uh, telling a lot of interesting stories, you can check that out as well. Fantastic. And uh, sorry, final question, I promise. But do you see, you know, because you mentioned coronavirus and, and you said now the, the, the Melbourne Festival, do you believe this is something that will kind of, you know, interfere with all the plans that you have going on? Because I'm pretty sure it's very sensitive in terms of date and execution. Well, it is, yeah. Um, luckily, it's in November, okay. uh, but uh, we don't know. Uh, we don't know. We, we we can only guess whether if it's if it's going to be affected by it. Fingers crossed. We're all sorted by then, Julian. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this interview, make sure you subscribe to the ZoomSphere podcast on your preferred podcast platform to stay up to date with our latest episodes.